This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Holy cow, people, we are live on the internet, or as some of you call it, the World Wide Web. That means the government's watching us. And joining me today is the host of John Bachman now on Newsmax TV. John Bachman, cleverly named show right there. An associate editor of the Claremont Institute, host of the Young Heretics show and author of How to Save the West, Spencer Clavin. Guys, welcome back to the Rubin Report. Great to, great great to, to be see here. you, Dave. Thanks great for having me. <laughs> We've got a Newsmax guy and a Daily Wire guy. I sense they'll be <laughs> jockeying for position throughout the show. <laughs> Uh, but what we're going to do, what we're going to do today, is a recap of just some some of the craziness this week. That's what I try to do on uh, on Fridays here. The big thing this week, sort of in the culture wars, was that Dylan Mulvaney, a name that none of us should know, but for some reason all of us do know, uh, who is the guy who transitioned, I suppose, to a woman. It's unclear to me whether that involved the, all of the full transition if you know what I mean, uh, but he or she is getting sponsorships from major, major corporations. The big one being Bud Light, who put his or her name on a can, uh, and it has cost Bud Light about $7 billion, that's billion with a B, uh, in market cap since this began. Here's Dylan talking about the partnership with Bud Light. Hi, impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So. I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness, and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money too. Love ya. Cheers. Go team. Whatever team you love, I love too. Okay. Love ya. Okay. Break a leg. Woo. You know, given the devil his due, I have to say his comic timing is not terrible. There's something sort of amusing there. If he would say, I am a guy dressed up as a woman pretending to be the worst stereotype possible of a woman, that might actually be something that would be remotely funny. That has nothing to do with what's going on here. Spencer, am I being too judgmental? Am I being transphobic? And uh, what about $7 billion in market cap loss? That ain't chump change. No, I think you're being pretty generous. And I agree, you know, every time I actually watch this guy, I think, you know, he's pretty funny. And he's a kind of guy that I generally sort of like. He's your stereotypical garden variety theater kid gay guy. You know, everybody's known this dude at some point in high school. And one of the things that actually makes me most upset about this new kind of trans extremism everywhere, everything is always trans, right, uh, is that that kind of guy, the tomboys of the world, the boys and girls that don't perfectly fit into this bizarre stereotype of what men 
men and women are, which is the trans movement's fantasy. Those guys are now getting, you know, sort of led down this weird garden path. And mm-hmm. I wish, Dave, that I didn't know the answer to your question about bottom surgery. But I actually feel like based on another sponsorship that this guy's got <laughs> with Nike, <laughs> yeah. which had him wearing these incredibly tight leggings. I actually think I do know the answer to that question. I'm going to leave that there and simply say the whole thing of shoving this in people's faces, obviously it's hugely unpopular. It loses money every time they do it. So it's clearly meant to portray a certain idea about boyhood, girlhood, what you can be and should be. And the people that should be most angry about it, honestly, are gay people who are getting caricatured out of existence. Um, So that now a guy that grows up like Dylan has to put on a wig and pretend to be a girl just to get noticed. It's incredibly sad. The gay uh, people. Spencer, wait, wait, hold on one second. Just to be clear, I think what you're saying is that Dylan still does have <laughs> a wang. I knew I you were going to draw gonna this ask, out of me. I, I am not going to ask my guys to Google it because we didn't do it yesterday, and I thought maybe no. for the first I, time I in months you. we could do two shows consecutively Dave, where we wouldn't have to Google time. who has a wang. I implore it's you. It's lunchtime. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Bachman. It's, it's lunchtime. Bachman, Let's not do that. Bachman, you're you're a news guy. You're you're an actual news guy, an anchor of really my Sometimes. favorite of all the, of all the daytime shows. My favorite show to go on. Thank you. And Thank you, you have to cover this stuff constantly. But I know you really care about real news. How do you blend that those two things? Well, that's a great question because there is a lot of real news to talk about here. You guys mentioned the uh, financial. Uh, downside of this for Bud Light. And then there's also, I think, questions we can ask Anheuser-Busch about the management. Well, from what I'm reading today is that senior level managers at Anheuser-Busch did not know that this was happening. And you have this vice president who's facing some criticism for making this decision. She clearly doesn't understand the audience, uh, the, the, the consumer base at Anheuser-Busch. Uh, making this decision. And what appears to be something that was small and supposed to be contained, sending Dylan Mulvaney uh, these cans of Bud Light. It was supposed to be maybe a digital uh, thing, but it's turned into this monster that continues to metastasize in a way that Anheuser-Busch can't get their arms around it. Is this vice president going to be fired? Are there going to be changes inside Anheuser-Busch? There's all that stuff to talk about. And then to what Andrew Andrew's point before, I think is very important, is how this transgender movement is as some people say, it does appear to act like a social contagion. The average uh, drama club gay dude that we all knew in high school it does now seem to be in, encouraged financially and other re- for other reasons as well to pursue this transgenderism. And when you look at the hard statistics associated with the trends, the, the number of, of uh, kids uh, saying that they are now transgender, they don't feel comfortable in their own bodies. It's just like to me, you guys remember when we were all in school and one person would come back from the lunchroom and say, oh, my stomach, my stomach hurts, I, I need to go home. That person goes home and then like five other kids in the class say, oh, me too, I have food poisoning and I need to go home too. They get, it's a moral hazard this whole thing creates for kids. As someone uh, John, who can I, John, quote, I quickly want to point out that Spencer does have a striking resemblance to Andrew Clavin, but that is Spencer Clavin. I believe I they getting, are related. I believe no, they I've are related somehow. Totally but, unrelated to one another. <laughs> wait, uh, let's, it's let's a Freudian jump, slip. It's a <laughs> Freudian slip. I should. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Big fan of your dad's. Big fan <laughs> of your dad. So. Me too. And happy honor to be confused with him. But I will just say in response to what you said at the end there, you know, as somebody who can quote every Stephen Sondheim lyric basically from memory, I shudder to think what would have happened to a kid like me in high school if I had been born just 10 years later. You're exactly right. The way this acts is a contagion. The minute anybody says anything even remotely out of this right. narrow box, you get sucked into it. I, I think right. it's a I great think point. It, 
it seems to me that the, the G's are at complete odds now with the T's. But let's jump because, John, you mentioned it. Uh, we played this video yesterday, a portion of it. This is the VP of marketing at Bud Light. Her name is Alicia Heinerscheid talking about why she did this in the first place. And without leading too much, I mean, tell me, is this someone who's really trying to sell product or trying to push an agenda? I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important <laughs> that we had another approach. I got to give her a little bit of credit for the candor there, basically saying, I personally don't like the people who drink this beer <laughs> and thus we are going to make other people drink it. I mean, John, you know, I'm a tequila guy. And whenever you come yeah. over, you do bring a fancy bottle and I appreciate it. Uh, but it's, it's almost, it's kind of offensive to the people who actually buy the beer, isn't it? I think so. And what I think is also, why does Anheuser-Busch and this multinational corporation InBev have like 7,000 brands? Can't they custom tailor one of the other brands to reach this audience? Right. These people aren't going to drink, point. but Dylan Mulvaney doesn't drink Bud Light. You can tell the second it hits her lips, she's never tasted a Bud Light before in her life, nor does she enjoy the taste of Bud Light. They have Bud Light seltzer. They have all kinds of stuff. We could bring back Bud Dry. You guys remember Bud Dry? or some other sort of beer they could make it up. I, I, it just, it boggles the mind and it just goes back to what I think is a deeper problem in corporate America is you have organizations like the Human Rights Council, which is funded by the Open Societies Foundation mm -hmm. and George Soros. They are the ones setting the tone. It's not about the fiduciary responsibility or the, uh, the, the, uh, the responsibility of these corporations to their shareholders and their employees of the company who might lose out on this. It's really about, well, what is, what is you know, the gay mafia going to say about our advertising campaign? That's really what matters first. And pardon the pun here, putting the, heart before, uh, the cart before the horse, they are putting this cart before those Clydesdale horses, which are also now apparently in jeopardy as a result of this poor marketing decision. Oh, no. Are they not going to feed the horses? What are you saying? Are they sending them well, to the there, there, there have been threats now against the Clydesdale horses, maybe false flag threats, who knows? <laughs> but still, they're having to, they're having to make sure this, the safety of these horses is, is paramount because they, they still care about that, I guess, an American icon, the Clydesdale horses. So. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. 
Spencer, to John's point, wouldn't it, if they really, if, if this woman really cared about this branding exercise that she's going through, wouldn't what John said be the right thing to do, which is, okay, we could add another vertical to the amount of beers we have. We have four jillion beers and seltzers and vodka, this and all that. Add one, and and actually nobody, you know, there would have been a little online, you know, whatever about it, but it wouldn't have been this this thing about going after an iconic brand like it was going right. after Diet Coke or something. No, no, that's part of the point. They can't just make something new. They do this with movies mm-hmm. too. They don't just make a new story yeah. about a superhero yep. that fits this particular demographic. They have to take the superhero you love, the classic, the Supermans and the Batmans of the world, and turn it into a kind of idol, a sort of you know, an image of their own stupid ideology, because that's part of. The message. The message is not just inclusion. The message is we're coming for you. We're coming to uh, appropriate and and recreate, transform everything that you know and love. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here trying to think like what the new Bud Light product would be that represents Dylan Mulvaney specifically, like Bud and Coke, Fireball Bud. But anyway, I mean, without getting into too many of the stereotypes I've I've just been joking about, I do think, you know, that... (laughs) You mentioned my association with the Daily Wire, and I I love those guys. One of the things that we've seen is, you know, back when Hershey's did something very similar, had a transgender, you know, he, she uh, chocolate bar and people got up in arms. The next day, I kid you not, I walked into the Daily Wire offices and it was like Willy Wonka's pop up shop. They had transformed (laughs) themselves into a a chocolate company. And there's an enormous market for that because they know who they're selling to. They don't hate Mm -hmm. the people. People that buy their products, they actually like them. They want to cater to their interests and get money in return. That's capitalism. Whatever that woman's talking about is not capitalism. And Ben Shapiro is the size of an Oompa Loompa. So there you go. <laughs> well, I, I also love I, love, I love what they've done with the razors too. The, the flip side of that though for me is when you don't have something in common with somebody, you, mm-hmm. you that's the type of stuff, before it was politicized, you walk up to a bar and maybe... I might have a conversation with a transgender dude or transgender woman and say, oh, you like Bud Light? Me too. And that's the one thing that we could have in common. And maybe you could have that if this were done a different way, but we're all separating into our own brands. We have our own identities now. Uh, And as much as I think that's necessary based on what's happening with corporate America, I do wonder about the long-term effect of that for our country and and our our society. I agree with you. It's really sad that this is something which has to be done in order for people to just even feel, I mean, it's like ethically sourced conservative products. You know, we're not supposed to be the guys that (laughs) that want that, right? But what I This is single source conservative media, please. That's right. It comes from the pure like streams of ideological excellence. But but what I suspect is actually the case. If we push forward in this direction and really try to offer to America the stories and the products and the advertisements and the brands that people genuinely want, that connect them to their sense of patriotism, that enable them to love their country again and think of their just basic normal families as like basically good and a good thing to do. I think that's actually a huge tent. I don't think that ultimately this is an attempt to silo people off into some conservative brand. This is to say the conservative brand is the brand now. It's the thing that you, you know, it is the brand that if you don't want to be like kind of hacked into bits and pumped full of hormones just because you like skateboards instead of dresses or whatever, then come over to us. You know, it used to be that conservatism was, you know, a particular uh, set of ideological commitments. It still is those, but those commitments now basically just amount to recognizing reality. And that actually is a huge 
Yes, that is the point. It, when people always say to me, Dave, how can you call yourself a conservative with, with some of your views? And it's like, well, if you basically believe in reality, right. we're pretty much in that thing. That's what it is. And by the way, that's why what you guys are doing at Daily Wire is blowing up. It's exactly why we uh, built Locals and Rumble, that we will build new things. And they're not just for us. They're for everybody. And they will be better. But let's move on, because the other uh, big story this week, of course, was uh, what happened at the Tennessee Capitol and these three uh, lawmakers who got booted because they broke some of the rules by bringing in bullhorns and protesters that weren't supposed to be there and everything else. Uh, two of them were then suspended. They've all been unsuspended subsequently. Uh, we played a video yesterday or the last couple of days, this guy, uh, Justin Pearson, with his fake uh, MLK accent. The other guy who's gone a little under the radar uh, is, uh, who is this, sorry, this is Justin Jones. Oh, the first, wait, they're both Justin? It's Justin Pearson. Yeah, Justin. And Boy, and my son's Justin, this is weird. Uh, <sighs> Justin Jones is the other guy. Uh, here's Justin Jones with his own fake accent explaining, uh, well, his political philosophy, I suppose. What Tennessee is doing is a power grab of ousting three lawmakers, your colleagues, simply because you have the numbers to do it. If I didn't know this was happening to us, and I read the news, three opposition legislators expelled from the legislature, I would think that this was another nation. But no, it is Tennessee showing to the world John, as a newsman, you have to talk with a certain cadence. Um, but what is with these people who do these fake accents and then they're off camera and they sound like regular people? Can you tell me it's, what that's about? I, I always try to give people a little grace. And I said this week on my show that uh, it's true. I do not sound like I sounded in college. And what changed is that I'm on camera all the time. And you, but you, the, the thing is, I don't care what he says on camera. It, does it match what he says off camera? That's and that has always been the test of a really successful or, or a quality news person in my mind. You you see him on camera and then you meet him in person. Is it the mm -hmm. same person? There's an mm -hmm. authenticity gap in this country. I talk about it all the time. Uh, the other guy, uh, Justin Pearson, is the one whose clips have gone viral, where he sounds um, like you know a speech coach almost in college. And now he's talking about a black Jesus. He's got an Afro and he's certainly changed. I mean, that's what happens when you get into politics, right? People start to influence you. You very rarely see leaders in this country that get into politics and remain true to their core ideals. Some people change and they change for different reasons because of lobbyists, because of different interests. I, I, I certainly think these guys are playing to the field, so to speak. They know what their audience and what the mainstream media for the most part is gonna eat up. And what really bothers me about this story uh, from, you know, if you look at this through a Republican lens, you've got to be frustrated because what happened in Tennessee was actually some, I think, some pretty important legislation passed in terms of keeping schools safe. The end result is that these two Justins now are national figures. You better believe they're going to get featured speaking roles at the Democratic National yep. Convention in Chicago. I mean, the, there's probably people trying to build them up to be the next Barack Obama. No kidding right now. So this is what the Republican Party does. They do something substantial and good, like pass this legislation. They get mired in these types of debates and, and this kind of chicanery. And, and, I, and, and on, the, on the merits, I, I agree with what the Republicans did. You can't yeah. have people disrupting public, you know, regular course of business with bullhorns. But you always got to think about what I always call, Dave, the third rule of politics. 
just like Newton's third law of physics. In physics, it's for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. In politics, for every action, there's a completely opposite and disproportional response to what you think <laughs> is going to happen. And Republicans seem to have forgotten that. Uh, to that point, Spencer, is this one of those things where, okay, if everyone, I, I don't think anyone's debating or questioning whether they broke the rules. They broke the rules, everyone's accepting it. To me, even though I get John's point, you have to suspend them because we either have rules or we don't. That's like a Trump, you know, you have a country or you don't. But yeah. I still understand the second order of this stuff, which is that optics wise, it somehow makes all of Tennessee look racist because the two black guys got suspended. They're right. back in, by the way. Almost immediately. I mean, in part because of this enormous, you know, news kerfuffle that kicked up around them. Look, here's what I'd say about that. I, I agree. When You can't just let people interrupt every possible rule of decorum and procedure and let that slide, especially when conservatives, Republicans are getting hammered every day about what happened on January 6th. You should be able to say, well, you know, what one set of rules for the whole country or, or, or none. But I do think that Republicans have to catch wise to the fact that they are not going to be treated fairly. They're not going to be treated fairly right. in the news media. They're mm-hmm. not going to be treated fairly even, you know, in, in the federal government. Like we've known this for a long time now, at least since 2020. And really, we should have known it for decades more than that. So we ought to be ready for it. We ought to be prepared. I mean, these guys, these these two Justins, they are rhetorically prepared in a way that Republicans don't seem to be because they're doing this act. It definitely is an act. People talk about code switching, whatever. It's obviously a sham and a phony. I mean, Justin Pearson's actually quite eloquent. Justin Jones sounds like he's just trying to right. think about what he's going to say <laughs> next. He's like, and I am very interested. He but- sounds he sounds like the old SNL uh, uh, Jesse Jackson character. That That's right. who he sounds like. <laughs> right. But this is here's an important thing, though. Who's the audience for this shtick? It's white people. It's nice, liberal white ladies. I mean, this is something that P.G. Keenan made this point in The Federalist, that this is not like a kind of authenticity that's welling up from his, you know, time in the black church or something. This is a uh, it's an expressly woke appeal to white women and men who want to excuse their guilt. And it's working great. I mean, it's an incredibly cynical ploy, but I think the Republicans can get a little more shrewd about how this stuff tends to work. All I know is I hope this really isn't a Justin thing, because if I'm ever feeding Justin and he looks at me and he's like, you think I got to listen to you, motherfucker? Mm-hmm. We're going to have a real problem on our hands. <laughs> Dave, I, I knew that was going to get you, Bachman. That I knew will that happen was... from one father to another. That someday will happen, <laughs> I promise you. You just have to be ready for it. Uh, l- let me show you one other thing on Justin Jones because he's also making it sound like he's always been this peaceful guy and he's never done anything wrong and it's only because of racism they're going after him. But let's play this video. It's, it's B-roll, so there's no audio, so I could talk over it for a minute. This is in the summer of love, 2020, when we were all supposed to be locked home, uh, you know, making sure we didn't get COVID. That is Justin Jones in the hat right there approaching uh, the car. So they're blocking the road. He's one of the people blocking the road there. Uh, you can see on the other side of the street, watch this guy with his little fake fall come over there. And now he's going to, oh, I'm out. But watch Justin Jones. He's kind of going, yelling at the guy in the car and he's sticking his hand in the car. This guy's probably just got a truck there. He's probably just trying to go to work. Now he's taking a traffic cone and he's sticking it in the car and he's going to throw it at the driver who's driving away. That is very peaceful. Justin Jones. Spencer. I'm guessing uh, that's probably not the only time he's done something like that. I mean, <laughs> I'm out here. I'm actually in Nashville right now. I'm look, looking out my window as you're talking to see if mostly peaceful Justin is about to come knocking <laughs> on my door for, like, you know, for broadcasting 
uh, evil thoughts and opinions. No, I mean, this is part of that inconsistency that at this point we should be used to and understand that it's always going to be baked into this elite cake. They get to do insurrections. We don't, right? That's how this works. And if, if we even step a moment out of line, it's effectively the Reichstag fire and Trump is Hitler and everything needs to come crashing down to persecute these people to the furthest extent of the law and beyond, right? We need to indict Trump. We need to do all these things. Um, now, when the left riots, of course, it's mostly peaceful. It's There's a little arson. There's a little property damage here and there. But really, these are civil rights heroes. And so we ought to excuse them. I mean, that is expressly the ideology at, at work here. So it shouldn't surprise us, I don't think. And going John, back to bring, your us, bring about, us home on this one on the double standards part of this. Do we just all well, have it, to get over it? No, we don't have to get over it. We have to continue to point out the facts here. And that's that's the way we win. And I was going to say, you know, we don't want to fall in the same trap that Democrats do when they compare January 6th to Pearl Harbor and 9-11 and everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can say this stuff is 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 not right. But, you know, what happened in Tennessee, disruptive, of course, illegal, perhaps, were they justified in suspending them based on what happened? I believe so. But it wasn't an insurrection. And we have to stick to the facts and point out that when people are not arrested like Justin Jones in that video for assault, which he should have been, or maybe even aggravated assault because he used a traffic cone, or when Riley Gaines goes to San Francisco and people detain her in a classroom and the administrators of the school are negotiating an extortion fee, you know, there's there's kidnapping, there's extortion, there's assault, and they're not prosecuted in San Francisco. Brooke Rollins, the uh, uh, district attorney out there, what is she doing? That's where we hold them accountable, using facts yeah. and obvious common sense to our side and, and not fall in the same trap that Democrats stand saying, oh, this is an insurrection, another insurrection. No, I mean, it's bad, but it's not. And January 6th is in Pearl Harbor. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Speaking of bad, have you guys uh, heard of this guy we have in charge, supposedly, of the country, Joe Biden? He is uh, over in Ireland right now. He has Irish roots, uh, so he's very excited to be in Ireland. And uh, here's just a portion of one of his speeches while there, and it's kind of gross. My heart, there's nothing our nations can't achieve if we do it together. I really mean it. So thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go lick the world. Let's get it done. This is my favorite Biden quote today. Yeah, go ahead. I yeah. love this. Yeah, just when just, you think it can't get any worse or better, I don't know which word to use in this in this context, but that's it. By the world, did he mean the ice cream cone? Like, what is going on here? With it? It's, you could just see it. He does not know what's about to come out of his mouth, and then in this case, he was able to kind of bring it around, but often cannot do it. Lick the world. No, it's like, you know, molestation for everybody. This is when (laughs) Gavin Newsom is currently making his like lizard people tour of the United States. It's like, what if we did California government, but everywhere? This is the same thing. It's like, what if, you know, (laughs) what if we did what Biden does to an ice cream cone, but to the whole world? I mean, there is this sort of bizarre. I think ultimately, Dave, you you must be right that there is something just kind of, you know, there's a screw loose that we've known this for a while. He's sort of doddering around saying whatever comes to mind. And he doesn't have the luxury of a Justin 
Pearson or a Justin Jones to sort of take that long, dramatic pause. He has to actually like put words in front of one another. And I, I just want to say to your point about, uh, you know, rhetorical excess, you're absolutely right. And I was, by the way, like kidding about insurrections. You know, this is sure. not no, no, I get it because I use the term insurrectiony or it's it, it looks a little like an insurrection. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. where I, you know you draw the line to be very clear that this is, you know, what happened in Tennessee, not now, not January 6th and so forth. But yes, by all means. Right. No, no, no. I mean, it's not it, it, it's it's certainly not the thing that January 6th has been made out to be. But neither was January 6th. Right. Very bad. Right. Not a thing to mm-hmm. do. But it wasn't this like kind of massive inflated. And so there is something to be said, I think, um, for like for just laughing at these people, because this is I right. mean, Biden, the Jones, the Justin Joneses of the world, the Justin Pearsons of the world. What they really get off on most is this incredible sincerity, the gravitas, the just in viable air of dignity that you're not ever allowed to question or, or you know, even raise an eyebrow at or you're some kind of anti-American insurrectionist, right? I mean, this is kind of how this stuff works. And like, if nothing else, for the sake of gallows humor, you got to laugh a little bit when the president of the United States says he wants to, to lick the world. That's uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you guys this. I, I, I talked to a guy I know who lives in Ireland because I just wanted to get and he's 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 very nonpartisan, very objective. And I said, you know, Sean, what is the vibe there in Ireland? Are you guys excited to see President Biden? I was asking about the, the document leaks. Is that overshadowing it? And he said, look, John, um, we actually, you know, we're very thrilled anytime the American president comes. And I was somewhat relieved by the fact that foreign countries still have some respect for the office, at least, of the American president, even though this guy is in it right now, which is important. But I will say, just to promo my show coming up today, we have the meme team every Friday, and you guys are always welcome to come on and join us. But uh, one of the memes we're going to feature today is a, a one from Grand Old Memes, if you're familiar. And it's Joe Biden, a mock-up on the Lincoln Project logo, but it's the Lincoln Project. <laughs> it's the uh, Lincoln the Project. Project. That's what we're doing. I look he also to has the Sniffing Project, I'm pretty sure. That's right. I, was, I look forward <laughs> to Sniffing Project. Yeah. Sniff the world. Right, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> a great slogan. Uh, well, it's not just uh, Joe Biden that your friend Sean should be happy is in Ireland right now because Joe brought another Biden. He brought Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden of Pornhub and crack smoking, et cetera, et cetera. Legal firearms possession. The list goes on. The laptop. Let's not bother with any of that. He's now chilling with his dad in Ireland, basically acting as security so that when Joe starts wandering off, which he always does, Hunter can pull him back in. So basically he has a at least former crack addict as his body man. I don't know what he's doing there. Also, Biden's Hunter Biden has gone under no charges as far as I know for any of the wrong things that he's done. I take it this doesn't surprise you, John. No, it doesn't surprise me in the least. And today we're also going to talk about ProPublica, who's coming after Clarence Thomas's mom right now, 94 years old, because uh, Clarence Thomas helped her sell her house to one of his friends. Uh, It's it's like a hundred ninety four thousand dollar transaction. But there's not a there has not been a peep from ProPublica about Hunter Biden or any of these foreign business deals since right before the South Carolina 2022 Democratic National Primary. The point at which all Democrats and media determined that Joe Biden was untouchable. Uh, But they're going to go after Clarence Thomas's mom and no mention about Hunter Biden, who allegedly also had some foreign business deals. And you guessed it. 
Ireland. I'm sick and tired of paying for this guy's trips on government jets to go conduct private business so the Biden family can get rich. I don't know about you. I also am sick of that. Spencer? Right. Well, I mean, the flagrancy is the point. I think that's one theme of everything we've talked about today, right? It's supposed to be offensive to you that Dylan Mulvaney is Mm -hmm. drinking that beer. It's supposed to be uh, like extravagantly, obviously hypocritical the way they treat lawmakers and and rioters in different states. It's supposed to be hypocritical the way they treat Biden and and Hunter uh, versus the way they treat Clarence Thomas. This is a naked, raw display of power. And, you know, whether we are calling it out or laughing at it or or whatever, I do think we should take it for as understood that this is the message they want to send. We ought to believe them when they tell us who they are. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, uh, to me, with all of this stuff, especially the Hunter Biden thing, which was such an embarrassing, disgusting display on, on the part of our media overlords as well, and part of the New York Times, which took forever to acknowledge that the story had been unjustly suppressed. You know, um, we, should, we should listen to them when they tell us this about themselves. They genuinely don't think the rules apply to them. No, they don't. And, you know, because we can say bad words on this show, I'm going to say, well, I saw Margate from The New York Times say yesterday on MSNBC with Nicole Wallace is such bullshit. The (laughs) New York Times, The Washington Post, they refused to address the fact that they got so much wrong and they won Pulitzer Prizes for their bullshit reporting on Trump and the Russian collusion stuff. And then she goes on MSNBC and lectures Fox News on what they should and shouldn't be in terms of journalists. Please. Uh, it's just, uh, Mara, for the record, Mara Gay, my audience knows her because she, I, I forget whether it was in the New York Times, she called me that she said this was either a white supremacist show or an alt-right show. I forget which one it was. I mean, these people are just clowns. Gentlemen, I thank you for your time. Uh, John, you've got a show to do in about a half hour. And then this yes, afternoon, I'll see in. you. Spencer, it's a shame you're not in Florida because John and I are going to the Miami Beach Pier and we're oh, going to dump giant cases of Bud Light into the ocean to show <sighs> those social justice warriors what's up. And then we'll you go. guys, we have actually, we don't have to do that. We can just go to the Fort Lauderdale Airport, which is underwater, and we can dump it out there. So. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Well, we got a post-game show for everybody else. RubenReport.locals.com starting about 30 seconds. And if I don't see you there, have a great weekend. We'll be back at it on Monday. We leave you with a cold close. Oh, a little more of Joe Biden in Ireland. Apparently, the dogs aren't thrilled with him. Uh-oh. That dog. <laughs> tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.